Hey guys, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast, episode number 64. Hey, we're doing another combination here, kind of like roast beef and mashed potatoes. The, the tailgate series from Noble Warriors that we did last spring and the Nobleman Podcast just go together quite well. So this week we're bringing you a message that Pastor Greg Beecham from Little Zion Baptist Church delivered at our Lynchburg tailgate. This event was hosted by Clifford Baptist Church last spring, and Pastor Greg challenges us to ask God for a fresh start by seeing ourselves in the story of the prodigal son. We have to go beyond just being good churchmen to being God's men in every situation. Let's jump into Pastor Greg's message. Mike already prayed, so um, don't beat me up because I'm not going to pray again because I see the clock ticking already. Amen. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and get into this. And I, I want you, if you can, just lift your hand up in the, in the air for a minute. And I, I, want, I want you to say something. I want you to make a declaration. Say, so Lord, 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 tonight, tonight I want a fresh start. I need a refreshing of my mind, of my spirit, and in my walk. When I go back home, I want things different. And I want it to start with me. If you believe that, put your hands together. If you want that. What I, what I want to do tonight, and, what, and I want to encourage you tonight, because so often when we come together as men, we get beat up on. And and you see me um, in my fatigue. I'm, I'm, I'm a um, Gulf War vet. But I wore my fatigues tonight because we are in warfare. Amen. We are in warfare. And I, I, I couldn't fit the top. I, I gained a little too much weight here. Okay. All right, so I couldn't get the top on like I want. So, yeah, I, I, I tried to get in the uniform, couldn't get in it. But the pants fit, amen. So I, we're in warfare, and God wants to tear down the man. That's right. I, I, I had a um, situation that happened yesterday. Got a phone call. And I was so angry. And I was so angry because of the fact that when I got this phone call, it was this young man that uh, I've known for years. And when I got the phone call uh, and he had fallen into sin. And over the last two or three weeks, I've been talking to young men in their 20s. And they're, they're falling left and right. Um, they fall into sin as far as it comes to lust. They fall into sin because they fall into the worldly desires. And they fall in a way. And, and one thing I, I love about Noble Warriors, I love about Mike, Mike have the desire, Noble Warriors have the desire to mentor men, to encourage men, to lift up men. And, and I don't know about you, are you angry that you start to, that you see men that fall? Men that give up. Men that quit. And, and you know, we could come to church, we come in our own gather, and the guys around us, we encourage one another. But if you look out into the world, we got so many men that fall by the wayside. They fall by the wayside, and no one's there to catch them and scoop them and pick them back up. And so we need some men that are angry and tired 
of watching other men fall. We need some men that's going to stand on the wall and pray for the other men. It, it just can't be about us and our families. It can't just be about our church. It got to be about the kingdom of God. It, it got to be about looking out for our neighbor next to us and the people across the street. And, and even folk that don't look like us. When will it come to a point that men are angry, godly men are angry of seeing men fall by the wayside? One of the things uh, I struggled with when I first got saved, uh, I gave my life to Christ when I was 14 years old. I'm gonna get into the text in a minute. But when I gave my life to 14 years old, my pastor told me something. He said, right now at 14, you need to pray for your wife. You need to start praying for your children. You need to start praying for your grandchildren. As you can see, my son's over here with me tonight. I have two daughters and, I, and I'm praying for them. And so I'm praying for a, 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 a revival. And I'm also praying that our kingdom, the kingdom of God will grow. And the kingdom starts with you. The kingdom starts with your children. The kingdom starts with your family. The kingdom starts with our church. The kingdom starts when we start looking out for someone else. Amen. 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 One of my favorite texts is in Luke 15. Some of y'all may know it as the prodigal son. In that text, a whole lot of things happen in that text. When we, when we think about kingdom, the father was raising two sons. The text says in, in, verse, in, in verse 20, in this translation I'm reading tonight, it says that, and he arose and came to his father. Luke 15, verse 20, said, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a far, a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to, to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his head and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son is dead and is alive again Amen. he was lost and he's now found and they began to celebrate the first part of that scripture that really messed me up, and I didn't want to read the whole thing because I didn't want to lose all my time. The first part of that scripture, the son comes to his father and says, Father, I want my inheritance. I want my inheritance. It wasn't time for it. It wasn't the season for his inheritance. But he demanded from him his inheritance. And, and sometimes we, we desire from God big things, but we don't want to be responsible over the little things. And God called us to be responsible over our household. 
He calls us also to be responsible over our own soul. During this pandemic, I don't know about you, this over this year, it has it allowed me to look at myself. And, and I realized something, and I'm being transparent tonight. I realized as a preacher, pastor for 21 years, being a Christian over 30 something years, been married to one woman, only know one woman, been married to her for 29 years in June. Got three children, only have three children, only have one, only know one woman. Y'all ain't get that yet. <laughs> <laughs> only know one woman. Amen. Only have three children. So I know there's no other beaches running around out here that are mine. <laughs> After all of that, I've been doing funeral. After funeral, people been dying of COVID in my church, left and right. People been dying of heart attacks. I got to go to a funeral tomorrow. I've done so many funerals over the last year. I am sick of them. But I've been going to funeral after funeral. And as I stand in the pulpit or stand outside on the graveside and look out into the group, as small as they've been or as large as they may be, and I wonder, where are their souls going? Yeah, yeah. we're celebrating the one that died, or we, or, 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 and we talk about how the wonderful things the person that died did, but what about the, all those folks that stand out there and they're hurting, they're grieving, they're going through right now. And as a man, not as a pastor, not as a preacher, but as a man, I felt like I could do more. So I looked at him, I looked in the mirror during this pandemic and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, where do you want me to go? It, going to church is not enough. Hello. Going to church is just not enough. Just worrying about my soul is not enough no more. My kids are safe now. They, they accept their Lord as their Savior. That's not enough no more. What about those folks that are still lost? This father in this text, his son comes to him, asks for an inheritance, and he gives it to him. First of all, he shouldn't have gave it to him. Shouldn't have gave it to him because it wasn't time yet. You don't get the inheritance until I die. That's the way the law was set up to be. But he gives it to him anyway, and he goes off and he squanders it. And when he goes off and squanders it, what he does is this. He basically slaps his daddy in the face because he wasn't responsible over what God has given him. And here's the question, gentlemen. If you look in the mirror, and I know if you look at it in the mirror, and if you're anything like me, I look in the mirror and I said, man, all these things I've done, but I still can do more. What is that one more thing you could do that would affect someone else? What, what is that other one more person that you can mentor to take to the next level? What, what, is, the, what, the, what, is, the, what is that one more thing you could do 
that can encourage a wife or encourage a neighbor next door or someone that does not know the Lord. It's good that we hang out in church together. But in Matthew 28, it tells us to go make disciples. Yeah. It tells us that, that we're supposed to mentor men and take men under our arms. And sometimes we have to go back and get them. And sometimes we can't be so hard on folks that we got to reach our arms around them and let them know we care. Let me get to the point of my And y'all said, we ain't going to finish the story. <laughs> I like doing that. I like getting you on the edge of your seat. And so what happens here? In the midst of the story, he gives him his hands and he goes and squanders it and he starts coming back home. I'm giving you a clip note version of it tonight because normally I preach an hour and a half at my church. <laughs> I do, I get a couple guys to laugh. <laughs> Won't be able to do that when I go back. <laughs> and he starts coming back. Now, notice something the son goes and squanders it, he's in the pig pen. His friends, he, he spent up all his money feeding everybody, partying with everybody, and he does everything. He has a good old time, and he's on his way back home. He comes to himself in the pig pen and says, I need to go back home. My daddy has everything I need there. And he has everything I need and desire there. Why did I even leave there anyway? It's something about being in the presence of your daddy. So he started going home. And here's the thing about the story that messes me up. And I don't know if you ever thought about it. I could just imagine everyone, after they found out about the son squandering everything, he took his inheritance, was against the law, and against custom and culture of that day. And he went out and squandered it. And don't you know the neighborhood was talking about them? They was talking about the dad. Said, look at, look at his son. He just messed him up and just treated him. And I, I could just imagine, folks, hand me that chair right quick. Hand me that chair. People were pulling up the chair. They were sitting on their porch. See, I passed it in the county. There were there goats and, and skunks and deer and everything out there, out there in Powhatan County. And I could just see someone pull up on their porch. And they said, oh, I see the boy coming down the street. And I'm going to pull up my chair and I'm going to sit down. And I'm gonna see how this gonna go. I see, I, look at him, he's stinky, he got dirt, he got mud on him, and he's coming down the street, and his daddy, oh boy, this is gonna be something here. Let me get me some steak, let me get me some pulled pork, let me, let me sit here, I'm gonna watch this go down right now. And the daddy come, and you would think the daddy would come out and start cussing and fussing and being angry and being mad and ready to rip right into his son. But I just read to you in the text, he runs out of there and he meets the son. He don't only meet the son before the son gets an opportunity to even say, I'm sorry. Now you gotta know something, the son's preparing this message in his mind, this great apology, because he's gonna, uh, he gonna beg for forgiveness for, for all that he did. But before he even gets it out of his mouth, the daddy stops him and runs to meet him and hugs him and kisses on him. And he starts to get, he tells the servant, go get a ring, go get a robe. Let's get some meat. Let's have a barbecue. Let's have a tailgate party. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> and you notice something? He meets them there. 
He meets him right where he is. But see, that is the awesome part of the story. The most awesome part of the story is this. The daddy was not concerned about the people sitting on the porch. He wasn't concerned about what they thought about the way he reacted. The daddy said, I love my son. Just like he loves you. Just like he loves me. In the same way the father loves us, he wants us as fathers to love some of these lost souls out here now. Amen. There's some men that need a hug. There's some men. I know the pandemic has cut down the the face-to-face contact. But guess what? You can text folk. You can call folk. You can reach out to folk. There there are men right now sitting in their house, and they're all by themselves. And guess what? The men of God got to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to meet you right where you are. We have that authority. We have that mandate. We have that call. We have that assignment. And guess what? God will put whatever we need in our mouth, in our hearts, in our being, even in our resources to meet the needs of men that are lost. If we don't get them back, who will? The women can't get the men back. Amen. The school system can't get the men back. The government can't get the men back. But the men of God can. The men of God can go back and say, you know what? Whatever you did, I don't care if you went to prison. I don't care what you've been through. God can meet you right where you are. And I'm going to walk you through this because I'm your brother. I'm your father. I'm your cousin. I'm your friend. I am whatever you need right now to make it through your situation. Because someone did it for me, and I will do it for you. My brothers, we are in a season that we got to go get our men back. I have been so hurt over the last few weeks. I've gotten called by about four or five young men. One was 24, another one's 25, another one's 21. I talked to a gentleman yesterday that was 27. And the reason why they don't want to come to church they said the men are not real. I'd rather hang out with the guys in the street than hang out with the guys that love the Lord. We gotta change that scenario. We gotta change that 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 dynamic. We can't be so hard that we not soft enough to love, but then also be stern enough and tough enough to be men. You know, being, being, being loving don't, get, don't throw away the fact that we are tough and we rugged when we love men. Man, I've been enjoying myself. I like my football. I like my basketball. Y'all saw me with my silver hat on? I like, the, I, I like watching Marvel movies. I'm, I'm all man, yeah. I watch Falcon and all. I, I, I'm, hey, I like being a man. But on the same token, I tell my son every day, I love him. Every day he knows his dad, he loves him. I got a nephew, he's 28 years old. I tell him, I love him. I got a brother-in-law that's getting married next month. 
And I tell him, he's almost 40 years old. I tell him, I love him. And you'd be surprised what would happen when men start saying, being real in our circles, as we mentor one another, that we love one another. Ain't soft. I just told you, I'm a vet. Play ball. But guess what? I still love the Lord. And the, what the father did for that son probably changed the whole community. Can, can, can I take your peek in my sanctified imagination for a minute as I close? The whole neighborhood sitting on the porch watching this thing happen. Talking about, look at this daddy going to get this son now. And they sitting on the porch with their pulled pork, their steak, their hot dogs, their banana pudding. <laughs> and they watching all this go down. And when the father shows love to them, to the son, when he extends love to the son, three things happen. Renewal happens. Restoration happens. And resurrection happens. Amen. Renewal happens. A renewal of the relationship happens. A new relationship for father and son happens. Their relationship will never be the same again. Restoration happens. The son was restored back in his proper position. He's now no longer, in his father's eyes, the father has forgiven him and forgotten it. He doesn't rub it back in his face ever again. He is now justified and now sanctified and then glorified in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is now restored back in proper position, restored in such back in such in, in such a way that his older brother was a little upset about him being restored. Restored in such a way that now they're having a celebration and a feast. So he's being renewed. He being restored. And of course, there's a resurrection. Everything that was dead is now alive. That's why now we can celebrate because I'm no longer dead, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm alive and well. Because of the power of God, I can speak things into existence that, and I can pray over my family. I can lay hands on my children. I can lay hands on my wife. And I have authority over the household, not because of, who I am, but because of what Jesus did for me at Calvary. Amen. His yeah. cross, the cross, and the resurrection did everything for my life. So I don't do it by myself. I do it because I have the power of God in my life. And guess what, my friends, my brothers, God can do the same in your life. God wants you to take another step of faith. Step outside of don't worry about what people think, but reach out and love someone that have never been loved before. I want you to do me a favor real quick. As you stand right where you are, if you can't stand up right where you are for a minute. Renewal, restore, and resurrection. As I close tonight, I want you right now for about 30 seconds and think about 
that one man, that one young man, that neighbor, that co-worker, that you, that needs renewal, that needs restoration, and they need to know about the resurrection. You walk past them, you have not, you could, you should have been, you should have talked to them probably a long time ago, but for some reason you walk past them and you did not talk to them, you did not share the gospel with them, you just assumed that they knew you were saved. Just assumed that they would come to you. And I want you to think about it for a minute. And I want you to think about that one person. And then I want, this is what I want to do. Once you think about that one person, I want you to bow your hand where you are. I know we, we deal with this COVID, this social distancing. I want to pray with you right from where I'm at right now. And I want to pray that God will give you the authority, the power, and the love of God, the grace of God, to meet that person right where they are. Meet them where they are, not meet them where you are. I told my, I told my son a long time ago, I told my children a long time ago, don't give people what you want. Give people what they need. That's what Jesus did for us. Sometimes we want to give people what we want. And guess what? That don't meet their need. You got to give folk what they need so they can have what they want. Will you bow your head real quick with me? I, got, I still got a couple guys I got to reach. Dear Father, we thank you. We thank you for grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for renewal. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for resurrection. So, Lord, we pray right now for these men that, that's going to reach out. They, they got some men in their hearts right now. It might be a relative. It might be someone on their job. We ask right now you meet them right where they are. And, Lord, even as you meet them right where they are, Lord, bring them, give them the wisdom, give them the words, give them the anointing to meet that person where they are and minister to their needs and show them the love of the Father right in the midst of this storm, right in the midst of this situation. And Lord, we also pray right now for these men and for their encouragement and their strength, even in the midst of the pandemic, raise them up, exalt them, give them what they need as they minister to their families and walk their lives out. And we just want to be careful to give you the glory for it all. We thank you for being our God. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for strengthening us. And Lord, help us to meet the need of those that are lost. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So guys, I, I just love this challenge. Are you angry and tired of watching other men fall? Are you a man who will go out of his way to pursue other men who are falling by the wayside? Are you falling by the wayside yourself? Look around. There's another man who needs your encouragement, your presence, your forgiveness, your grace. So go after those men. Check out our show notes for references as well as links to Pastor Greg's personal ministry webpage and his church page. Men, if you were blessed by this message, would you share it with someone? It would be a blessing to us if you would take time to give us a review and a rating on your podcast service. We'll look forward to catching you next time on the Noble Man Podcast. God bless you.